Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about America has reached the no compromise zone, the vicious left exposed, Bannon versus Holder, Biden's 30 by 30 climate tyranny, and the feckless Mike Pence endorses against. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Hello again and welcome to America's Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. So Mondays are the hardest days, Mondays, because I haven't done a show since Thursday and there's so many stories and so little time and um, I want to try it as much in as I can. If this is the first time you're listening to the show because the show is really growing, I want to thank each of you who, if you ever share this show, you share our show email, you tell your friends about it. Uh, the show is growing. I thank each of you so very much for passing along to your friends. This is how people find out real information in this day, in this age, day and age, this extreme media bias. You find people you trust, and I am very grateful for the uh, trust I have received from our listeners and messages I get thanking me for presenting truth. I have a what I'm calling this first five is a very tender and um, alarming and serious subject, but I want to get to it as a kind of a launching point, what we're going to talk about today. I call this first segment, this first five, America has reached the no compromise zone. In politics, over decades and centuries, there was at least in America, the assumption, well, everyone knows, you know, America essentially has two prominent political parties. Uh, we have sometimes a little bit of a spurt in the libertarian uh, small segment or in the Green Party, um, other, you know, much smaller parties. But people have the sense, you know, you're kind of supposed to, the way about politics is you have elections, you run on ideas, and then, you know, when you get uh, the elected people in office, whether it's your state legislature or it's a U.S. Congress and the presidency and all of that, uh, generally speaking, people thought the idea, well, you know, you go to Congress and they make laws, and of course, they're required to compromise. I mean, you don't have every person on the same page on every issue. And so, you, you know, the idea has been historically, well, you know, you're supposed to compromise a little bit. You're supposed to, um, you know, give and take. And everyone knows if you get the Democrats in, you know, they're going to raise taxes and uh, be soft on crime and you get Republicans in and they're going to reduce taxes and moral law and order mindset and many other ways you can generalize. But we're in a whole different place right now. And I want to try to say this as firmly and, and without equivocation as I can. We have reached the point in America on many, 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 many issues, which I will list for you in a moment, for which there is no compromise if we wish to have America the free, America the great, America the exceptional. The conservative, pro-Declaration of Independence, pro-Constitution, pro-America, pro-freedom side, we have reached the point on many, many issues that it's pointless to talk about even thinking of negotiating with the left, because the left, which is now, as I've the anti-American left, the Marxist ideas, the Marxist, not just the Marxist ideology that has now taken over the American left, but the Marxist tactics that have now taken over the American left. There is no negotiation possible. You can't negotiate with people when their goal is to destroy you. 
and, and your society and your culture and your children and your families and your institutions and your freedom. This is where the anti-American left is today. We're not on the way to there. We're there. We're at the point there is no compromise to be had and elected officials who understand these things and who love the Constitution, freedom, limited government, the whole notion of the Declaration Constitution, they need to start just standing up and saying no on everything in every way they can. I'm going to run through just a tiny list, a short list of issues upon which the sane America can no longer compromise with the left. One has to do with gender transitioning of children. There is not compromise. We should not be compromising. Well, okay, you can start advocating in public schools in fourth grade, you know, because by then the kids are nine or 10. They might really uh, be a little more mature when they're in kindergarten. There's no negotiating. There's no compromise. There should not be any compromise on behalf of elected officials passing laws, passing public policies, setting up the institutions of their public schools, compromising with the left, and they're just, just you know, headstrong determination to introduce gender confusion into the minds of young children, undermining parents and what the parents teach them, undermining the whole structure of our society. No more compromising on the subject of gender transitioning of children, frankly, of the whole concept of having to refer to people as he, she, they, whatever selected pronoun they made that day. No, no. You're allowed to speak plain English. You're speaking to a biological male. You can say he. We don't compromise. And I'm telling you, folks, the reason I'm saying this, I'm going to say this again at the end of this first five, but the reason I'm saying this is the anti-American left, the Marxist ideology and the Marxist tactics they are using, they never, ever, ever, ever compromise. They never give an inch. And they never will. So when compromise and negotiation appears to occur and people in Washington say, well, you know, we have to work with them. No, actually we don't. We are, our, our nation is under attack. We don't negotiate with the people who are attacking this nation. Our nation is under attack from the ideology of the anti-American left and there is no reason for any elected official to negotiate with them. So we don't gender transition children. The entire concept of border enforcement. The latest headline, by the way, I was going to tell you, I just noticed coming in, Biden halts prosecutions for most illegal border crossings. We've had an abandonment of the border. We have Biden shipping people all over the country, placing them in, in homes, uh, placing them in communities, which I assume most of them are probably the ones where they won't ever prosecute them. We have the abandonment of America's sovereignty because we've abandoned the border. And therefore, no negotiation. We are at the point, as I say, of no, we're in the no compromise zone in America. Every elected official at every level of government who, who likes America, who loves America, needs to stand up and say, no more compromising with the left. We must enforce the border. And they need to take whatever action, including starving out the federal uh, government, starving out Biden, starving out his, his bureaucracies, administration, to say, until you enforce the border, no more money for you. I don't care what you need it for. No more money for you. We've got to, we've got to get strong and recognize we're not, we're not, we're past the phase of slowly watching the anti-American left as they've done for a hundred years since communism came to America a hundred years ago and tiny little pockets of intellectual fools who pushed communism. We're at the point they're taking over. The Marxist ideology, the Marxist concept, the idea you no longer have individual freedom. 
it, it's here. It's, it's taking over. So now's the time for elected officials and every, anyone with an ounce of power, an iota of ability, needs to be standing up. No more gender transitioning. No more surrounding on border on border security. We must have it. And the people in Washington should literally starve out the Biden administration money-wise. No money unless they secure the border. Voter ID. We've had this idiotic discussion for decades now that somehow it is unfair or racist to ask people to prove who they are before they show up to vote. We've had an utter just destruction of our election system. Election integrity is in shreds. And we still have to have debates with people on the left trying to claim anyone advocating for voter ID must somehow have a deep, racist, sinister motive. It's caca. It is hogwash. They know it. We know it. Stop negotiating. We have to have voter ID. We ought to have proof of citizenship in order to register to vote. Uh, we have climate tyranny. I'm going to get more on climate tyranny later today. In the name of climate change, which up until recently, the left has said for decades, you can't even discuss it. No negotiation, no debate, no 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 intelligent exchange of facts and information and ideas by the uh, climate experts because the left has decreed the gospel truth, climate change, radical, man-caused, deadly climate change is here. We're, we're, we're barely, we're lucky we're alive on planet Earth. And so every single thing they want to do, every agenda I on the left pushes, they just have to throw in the justification, well, climate change. And then we all go, well, okay, okay, climate change. Okay, tell us what we have to do now. We're going to lose everything if we continue surrendering to the climate tyranny that the Biden administration and the World Economic Forum, the whole cabal of leftists in this country, is pushing. Tell you more on that a little later in the show. Um, we also have this whole idea of COVID and COVID vaccinations and vaccination tyranny. This is a no compromise. We reached the point. No compromise, no negotiation. We're not having forced vaccines. We're not going to have people losing, losing their right to go to work, to fly on a plane, to travel, to live freely because of the vaccine mandates, which are nothing more than a, a stepping stone weight on the path already of America becoming like China with a social credit score system, deciding whether you're worthy of having freedom. The entire COVID episode the country went through, the world went through the last two years was a manufactured destruction of freedom. And we got to stop letting the left continue to use it as an excuse to take away your freedom. The whole concept of America with national sovereignty, not just the border, but the whole concept of America slowly in every way they can think of for the leftists surrendering sovereignty of America to the World Economic Forum, globalist, great reset people whose eventual goal is to destroy the idea of nation of sovereign nation states, especially at the top of their list or target list is America. They cannot stand the idea that America is a country filled with people who believe in freedom, believe in the fundamental right to live freely in the world, and America, our founding ideas, our declaration constitution are utterly antithetical to the leftist World Economic Forum, Great Reset, communist, socialist uh, agenda that is being crammed down our throats. And the answer has to be from America, not one more step. No compromise, not at all with you people. Um, criminal justice reforms fall in that category. Uh, crazy stories now out of Los Angeles. I hope I get time to that later. In fact, I'll quick tell you. So the Los Angeles district attorney, um, unclear why, recently announced in Los Angeles, they have, as, as you know, a sane country would have, if someone is in prison for having committed a violent felony against 
somebody else, and they are up for parole. So they're going to go for a parole hearing to find out whether or not to present their case, how they really are a great person now, and they've changed their ways, they're not going to be bad, and the parole board decides to let them out or make them stay in prison. There has been a custom and practice pretty much everywhere that people who were the victim of that person's violent crime are notified. So they might want to show up at the parole hearing and ask to testify and say, you know, uh, you want to know what this guy did to me? Please don't let him out. The Los Angeles District Attorney just announced that they are shutting down, they are disbanding the unit that has that job of notifying victims of crime when their assailant, their attacker, the criminal who hurt them is up for a parole hearing. They're just going to stop notifying people. And so I just, I mean, no reason other than introducing further chaos, further destruction, further danger to America. I'll close out the first five by saying this. We've talked on the show so many times over, about the, over the last hundred years how communism came to America and this whole concept of undermining the very idea of America has been in the mindset of the of this people who love communist control, they hate freedom, they've worked in America for a hundred years now trying to undermine the idea of America. And why I'm on this role today talking with you about this is the anti-American left the Marxist, globalist, socialist, world economic forum, great reset people, they think they've won. They think they're over the hump, that they're now in the process of taking down America. They think they've won, and they think that people will be very afraid to challenge them because they have not only established their ideas in so many arenas of American life, whether it's critical race theory, uh, just a Marxist destruction of America and the ideas of America, uh, concept critical race theory, the LGBTQ agenda in public schools. These people on the left, they think they've won, and they furthermore think they have convinced the public, you know, the, the milieu, the public, the, the public perception, public opinion, that their opinion on every single issue is correct, whether it's climate change, CRT, uh, LGBTQ, all that stuff, and they think, and this is what's crucial, they think that those people who still believe in America, who still want the America of the founding, who are, who are willing to stand up, used to be willing to stand up, they think those people are sufficiently intimidated that they can be silenced and ridiculed and pretty much shut out, you know, the cancel culture, canceled in life, and that they no longer, they, the leftists trying to take down America, will no longer have adequate opposition, sufficient opposition. They won't have people strong enough to stand up and speak up against them. They're wrong, but that is where we are in America today. That's where we are in this year, 2022. We are watching the left. Uh, they're, they're doing the victory dance in their heads already, thinking they've taken America down. All the, you know, Everything's over but the shouting. And I'm telling you, there's a rising spirit of freedom in this country, but it requires every single person to recognize Where's the battle you can fight? Where's the issue you can challenge? Where's the school board meeting you can go to? Where's the candidate? Who's the candidate? Or you be the candidate. But it is time for American people to rise up and stand up and speak up and say, you can't have our country. But we're at the point, to close out the first five, as I said in the beginning of it, we have reached the point of no compromise. The left is compromising nothing. They are forcing their radical, lunatic, climate, et cetera, agenda down our throats. And there is no negotiation, there's no compromise possible. It's time to stand up and say, no, you can't have our country. We're still America. We love our country. You can't have America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I mentioned at the start of the show, um, 
I have, um, I, I don't have a lot of clips today. I, I really just want to talk to you today, but I want to try to weave that um, thought that I was sharing with you a moment ago um, into uh, in, into our conversations today. I mean, one little bit of it was about COVID and COVID tyranny, and I'll get to more of that um, later, COVID tyranny coming our way. I mean, later in the week, uh, COVID tyranny coming our way. But even the COVID tyranny that's about you can't travel, there was a video I saw online about this couple um, uh, who were in Canada at the airport, and you know they they are trying to board a flight or get in line for a flight, and this COVID tyranny, this idea that you're going to have to show your vaccine passport, you're going to have to get checked, you're going to have to follow the rules, and if they tell you you can't go somewhere, and there's a couple uh, trying to speak up to at the airport and just saying no, we haven't had the vaccine, and oh my gosh, get out of line, it's going to take an hour to get through. I mean, they're being scolded, harassed by some complete doof who never had authority, I'm sure, in his entire life in anything. But now that we have a government dedicated to finding little minions who will enforce all this tyranny, they have people in airports and every place else you can think of with this, the first time in their life they have responsibility and they'll have nothing more than controlling the American people or in that case, the Canadian people. But what I wanna do in the second part, I said the vicious left exposed uh, Bannon versus Holder. So today, today started uh, jury selection in the prosecution um, of um, Steve Bannon, who was a very, very top uh, right-hand advisor to President Trump. And this all relates to the January 6th committee, the January 6th Inquisition Committee. That is full, full bore ahead, full steam ahead. You know, as I've mentioned in the show in the past, they don't care no one's listening. They don't care when they ask Americans, list the top 22 issues you're most concerned about. It doesn't even make the radar, doesn't make the top 22. The American people are not interested and do not care about, and they're not watching on television what the left is doing in this January 6th Inquisition Committee. But these people, and I say the left, be really clear, obviously we have two you know, traitorous Republicans serving on the January 6th uh, Inquisition Committee, but we also have the kind of the, the tyranny of silence, the, the um, uh, it's like it's like the traitors who are silent, the uh, you know the ones who will just say nothing. That kind of thing. I don't think even I'm talking about even people in Congress. They're watching this committee. They're realizing these guys are way out of control. This January 6th committee. I mean, they they won't look into uh, they won't look into all the evidence that has been mentioned to them uh, that relates to uh, why Nancy Pelosi didn't do take steps she was advised to do. Uh, why Trump two days before January 6th said, "I think we should have extra troops up there, extra National Guard troops." This is documented. He signed off. Let's get some more people there because he knew people were upset about the stolen election, and so he advised this two days before January. 6th. Nancy Pelosi won't sign off on this. This is not of interest to the January 6th committee. Not of interest. The thousands of hours of videotape that much of it would potentially release the responsibility or prove that these people being prosecuted don't deserve to be prosecuted. The committee is not interested in finding out, not interested in enforcing that. This committee is interested in taking down not just Donald Trump, but the whole message to anyone fighting. And again, this is not just the Democrats. This is the uniparty uh, of Washington, whose very worldview, their, their whole place in the world, they're in charge of the country, they have positions of power, and they're not going to have anyone challenging it. And this is exactly what Donald Trump did when he won in 2016. He exposed them, and they, they're all about saying, we're going to shut down anything that suggests 
suggest to any American that they ever think they have the opportunity or the right to challenge the government. So back to Bannon. So Bannon, um, they're trying to get information from him, and the January 6th committee asked him uh, to testify. He first refused. Um, and then, as you likely know, I think I mentioned on the show, so he first refused to testify. And, and part of what was going on with the January 6th thing was uh, with, with Bannon, he's talking about what, whether what his, his communications with Trump, President Trump, while he's still president, during, you know, early in January of 2021, whether they were subject to executive privilege. And some places I read, Bannon asserts that Trump had asserted the executive privilege. Other places they know Trump did never say that. And in any case, uh, Bannon refused to testify before the January 6th committee at first. So he is defying a subpoena. You know, so he's, uh, for a failure to comply with the January 6th subpoena, you know, he's, he's refusing to testify. He then last week said, you know what, yeah, actually, okay, I will. In fact, one place I read said, because, because Trump said, no, you're, you're, you know, it's not covered by the privilege, go ahead. You know, Bannon can be protecting his privilege communications with Trump because there is an executive privilege, which, by the way, should not go away just because Trump is no longer president. Uh, I don't, I'm unaware of any other privilege in law in which the privilege one existed at the time that the conversation happened, you know, once you move on, uh, that the privilege it dissipates or goes away. But in any case, Bannon is now saying, okay, Trump said, I'll, um, you know, uh, privilege, he's waving the privilege, go ahead. Bannon volunteered to, te to testify last week. I think it was this past Thursday. He said, okay, I will. But he wouldn't do it in the closed door way the Democrats wanted because I, I I'll tell you exactly, in my opinion, why Steve Bannon... Number one is extremely knowledgeable about how government works, how, what, about you know the whole process, um, and he's smarter than all those people on the Genesis Committee put together. And they know this. They knew that if they had him on public television, you know, there on in in, uh, in the uh, United States House testifying, that he could very easily point hole, you know, poke holes and make them look like fools. So once he, once they want him to testify, he said no. Then he says, okay, I will. And they said, but it has to be public. They said, never mind, no, thank you. We don't want you. So now though, I'm getting around to saying, when I, I use I, the expression in labeling this segment, the vicious left exposed. What I want to get at, and I talked a little earlier about, we've reached this point of no compromise. Leftists, Marxists, Communists, socialists are inherently vicious. They sell their ideas as I'm trying to share, trying to be nice, trying to you know let people you know make things more fair. I'm trying to help the poor. I'm trying to help the uh, previously repressed groups. I mean, leftists sell their tyranny by promises of making things nicer and fairer and better. But the fact is, world history proves leftists, communists, socialists are always, they always end up being vicious and tyrannical. And it's because the very premise of leftism, communism, socialism, Marxism is about control, government control over society. It's about taking away the freedom of the people and the government runs everything. It's Marxist and it's ideology and economics and tactics. That's where we are with the left. So now just contrast Bannon. So what he's being prosecuted for, uh, two criminal charges uh, relating to um, the investigation of January 6th committee. Um, and they, they are, they're about basically because he wouldn't comply with the January 6th subpoena. So now he said, I will comply. I'll come in and, and testify. And there's, there, now, I mean, the government's saying, nope, we're still going to, um, you know, prosecute you. Now, it's not the January 6th committee 
committing the prosecution. They cannot prosecute crimes. They are just members of Congress, but the government is doing it. So I want to just uh, number, and also the charges against him, he could end up with some jail time for uh, not complying with a subpoena uh, when they uh, said to do so. But I want to contrast it with the uh, former Attorney General Eric Holder. And back in 2012, and remind you of something. So back in 2012, there was that massive, um, massive episode. I, I, um, it was a long drawn out episode in which the Obama administration, so Obama's president in 2012, Obama administration, Eric Holder is the attorney general, they engaged in what has come to be called Fast and Furious. And Fast and Furious, in short, was an effort by the Obama administration to, the, what they're ultimately trying to do was stir up public anger and outrage over, uh, over guns. Because leftists, again, throughout world history, Marxists, socialists, communists, um, what they always want among one of their primary goals is to take away the weapons of the people. They rely on, they must have an unarmed citizenry that can never stand up. Once people rig figure out how tyrannical they are, how, you know, how evil they are, you know, they, they, they don't want an armed citizenry able to challenge them, which is what happened in Cuba and China, North Korea and Venezuela. All these places where tyranny reigns, one of the things that the tyrants did at the very beginning, even if they're no longer the ones who did it, no longer in power, but they have said unarmed citizenry, it enables tyranny. And the left knows this. So Obama uh, and Biden and the whole left has always been about, you know, taking away everybody's guns. Even though they say, well, not really taking away everyone's guns, just, just a few and just these kind, just this. And people understand historically what is true about that. So back to Holder, there was this Fast and Furious episode, which many, many people later realized was orchestrated by the Obama administration and involved having guns, American manufactured guns, American gun manufacturers guns, end up in the hands at the southern border of people who ended up being enemies of America, the cartels, the, the criminal gangs. So what happened was there was a, a death of a U.S. Border Patrol officer named Brian Terry. He was murdered, uh, and it was at the hands of one of these uh, cartel um, criminal enterprises in Mexico, and it appeared that the guns, gun used to kill him, was uh, a, a, had a serial number. It was made by an American gun manufacturer, and this was all viewed to be, as part of Fast and Furious, that those advocating for disarming America, ending the Second Amendment protection, this would, would have, in the, in the mindset of those cooking up Fast and Furious, would say, well, you know, yeah, you're going to, you, once this happens, the American people will see, we have to control these gun manufacturers. We got, look at this, we had a, a gun manufactured in America. And, so anyway, this is going on. The Republicans are now on to what Obama's done. They call Eric Holder in, and he will not answer questions. He will not respond, and he, resp he refused to respond to a, a, doc a subpoena for documents. So he was held in contempt. So now, you have Eric Holder held in contempt in 2012. You have Steve Bannon held in contempt in, um, in this year, in 2022. And what happened to Eric Holder, and this is an actual crime, where actual death of an American, uh, a Border Patrol agent, an injury to another Border Patrol agent occurred, this is an actual dangerous situation. And when Eric Holder shows up to Congress, he just said, not telling you, not bringing the documents, not complying, refused to do it. And at that time, because Obama's president, he's got therefore control of the Justice Department, no prosecution, 
no prosecution. In fact, there was a big announcement by Jay Carney, I think it was. Yeah, Jay Carney, the then uh, White House spokesperson, said, oh, he's not going to be prosecuted. You know, I mean, yeah, Congress held uh, Attorney General Holder in contempt, but, you know, we're not going to prosecute him. So nothing happened. And you can't when you're the minority party and you don't control the DOJ. You can't do a thing about it. So this is how the leftist mindset works. If someone's on their side, you can commit you can refuse to comply with the subpoena, refuse to cooperate with Congress, and nothing happens to you. Nothing. I mean, I mean, they have little asterisks in the history books next to Eric Holder. Well, he was one time. It was actually, uh, by the way, it was the first time in United States history that a Congress had held the Attorney General in contempt of Congress, both civil and criminal. First time, that was at the point of our nation's 36-year history, top law enforcement is arrogantly ignoring the mandates of Congress, and, you know, people on the left were outraged, and um, that he'd been even, that they even dared to, to hold him in contempt. He's, he's our first black attorney general. He can't be held in contempt. And he was, and he was in contempt. But my point is, no consequence happens. Steve Bannon, on the other hand... Steve Bannon, who is a Trump ally, and, 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 you know, already said, okay, I'll come and testify. I'll come and, and, and they're saying, no, too late. We're still going to prosecute you for refusing to testify, even though you now agree to testify, and they're still going forward. And this prosecution, I think it's like, there's two charges could give him maybe 60 days in jail. Now, I got to tell you, you, you might think, well, the jury's not going to convict him. This is in Washington, D.C., that went 94% Democrat. I mean, there's not a jury you could com compose in Washington, D.C. that's going to let Steve Bannon off. I'm going to quick jump in and tell you for our listeners on radio, if you're on Brideon Radio listening, thank you so very much for listening on Brideon Radio. Um, I want to tell you at the bottom of the hour, uh, you're going to go off to a break at 30 minutes past the hour. Three-minute break. Do come back to America Can We Talk. You can always listen to the show at americacanwetalk.org online. Show is there, too. When you come back from your break, we'll still be right here talking about saving America. I want to continue with this Bannon thing and, and, and Holder thing a little bit. I know a lot of people are making the, the uh, comparison well, but, you know, it, it, back in the era of Obama, you know, Eric Holder um, was the attorney general. That, that's clearly privileged stuff. And, and, and Bannon is just an advisor. Okay, as he used to say in law school, that's a distinction without a difference. The standard of the law that says Congress can investigate and Congress can issue subpoenas, and Congress can find people in contempt, either must apply, no matter who has political power, no matter which party controls the DOJ and the FBI. But what you're seeing, this goes back to my theme today, that we are watching truly in America, we are watching the rising up of the vicious left that will not tolerate anyone, anyone daring to challenge their views on anything. On the subject of the left being vicious, related to January 6th, there now is going to be, in fact, I believe she's begun her sentence, a 69-year-old grandmother uh, who's a cancer, she's either a cancer survivor or still getting treatments. I mean, she's a frail little lady. She went to Washington on January 6th, 2021. She walked in the Capitol, broke nothing, hit no one, did nothing bad, walked in the uh, rotunda, walked out. She's starting a 60-day jail sentence. And I was hearing this morning, Simone Gold, friend of mine, friend of the show, is also going to go ahead and go to prison for 60 days for walking in the Capitol. In her case, as the Capitol Police are holding the door open, 
And so these are, I'm telling you these stories because I want to, to drive home. These are very dangerous times we're living in. These are not just, oh, dang, Democrats won and they raised taxes and, you know, they, they passed laws Republicans didn't support. What we're watching is far worse than anything like normal politics, normal give and take, as they say, the sports analogy, between the 40-yard lines, you know, on the football field. That's not where we are. This is the left saying, nobody challenges us. Nobody Nobody's allowed. And, and what those people in Washington, January 6th, they were challenging was the 2020 election, which is now there's overwhelming evidence of election fraud. Overwhelming. I, I mean, state after state. You could just see the movie 2000 Mules and you understand that the election was rigged and, and, and stolen. But then on top of that, the electronic election fraud evidence, and I mean, in state after state, more and more evidence is accumulating. And yet, this January 6th committee is this, again, not really bipartisan, but bro more broadly speaking, Washington, D.C., the entire entrenched ruling class, uh, you know, uniparty is letting all of this happen right before their very eyes. What ought to be happening in Washington is that the people who still love America and freedom and the Constitution and the Declaration, Republicans and maybe even a few Democrats, I don't know, ought to be locking arms on the steps of the Capitol and saying, no more spending bills of any kind will pass, no more legislation of any kind, and we'll do everything we can to block it until the January 6th committee is disbanded, until we secure the border, until we pass a federal law that says there shall be no tyranny, no mandates related to vaccines, period, full stop, I mean, there are a whole series of things that people who can see the big picture of the loss of freedom in America happening right before our very eyes, there are things people could be doing. Now, I give a lot of speeches, I do this show, I get people saying, what do we do, what do we do? You know, there, there are things that the average citizen can do. But the people in Washington watching this happening, sitting over there in the Senate debating, you know, some arcane bill they're discussing, the people in the House standing up and voting with the Pelosi people on anything? They should be locking arms and saying, until this lunatic left-wing tyranny is driven out of, our, of Washington, D.C. and driven out of the White House, we're not giving them anything. Not anything. That is what needs to happen. And that is what the American people are waiting for. You know, people wonder why people, uh, why Republicans love Governor DeSantis so much. He is the one governor, the Florida Governor DeSantis, who's really had the willingness and strength and, and just unwavering commitment to the idea that he represents free people who are entitled to live in a society that is just not overwhelmed with left-wing propaganda in the public schools, left-wing uh, lunacy regarding transgenderism, um, and pushing critical race theory, which is just an, a Marxist, uh, intentionally divisive, uh, you know, anti-American ideology. This is, I mean, people are looking for leaders like DeSantis around the country. They're looking for them, hoping somehow more of them will emerge. Many people comment on social media and platforms I'm on that just say, you know, we need a leader. We need someone to stand up. Who's going to be our leader? That, that is that which you, you quite often hear. So anyway, um, I will say on the January 6th committee and why among the reasons people are getting uh, so, so upset. Remember that uh, famous quote that was a guy, I think it was a Stalin guy. Um, his name was Leventry Beria, and he basically said, 
show me the man and I'll find you the crime, or I'll find me the man and I'll show you the crime. The point was, when the government is out of control, when the justice system no longer relies on a neutral rule of law, evenly applied, and so you can have a grandmother who entered the Capitol go to jail for, and did nothing wrong except for walk in the people's house and turn around and walk out, she gets 60 days, but literally almost no one in the entire riots of 20 and 21, the entire episode of the uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa burning down cities, destroying buildings, literally having an insurrection when they, they took over their little area and claimed it was they, they were the government now, almost no prosecutions at all. That is a mighty, huge message to the American people that the left is now in charge and people who challenge them will be prosecuted and people on their side who push the left, just it almost doesn't matter what they do. There were a minute number of prosecutions of people related to the Antifa riots in January, I mean, excuse me, in, in 2020, many of them at the state level. Uh, but the idea of the government cracking down on this anti-American Antifa movement, not to be seen. I, I, I say all this in an utter seriousness and, and concern about America because I do think the left is showing us a vicious side. And the question for Americans is, you know, are we going to stand up or not stand up? And, and standing up can take a variety of forms, but we are at this no compromise with what the left is doing. And the things I'm telling you today, I hope you will be willing to share this show, share these arguments, share these messages with your friends, get them inspired to recognize, you know, we may not be in a war with bullets and bombs and, and all uh, of uh, such things in this country, but the ideological war, the, you know, the debate back and forth, the, the robust debate of ideas, which is supposed to be America, supposed to be relevant here, supposed to be happening here. We're way past that. The left believes they've won the takeover, the takedown of America. This is why Biden's Homeland Security Department was completely comfortable issuing a bulletin saying, if you dare challenge the outcome of the 2020 elections, if you dare challenge the COVID vaccination tyranny, if you challenge what we say is true, you might be a domestic terrorist. They are perfectly willing to shut down your free speech rights because they want you to salute their, to, your, to their agenda and be very afraid to ever challenge them. These are the hallmarks of what leftist tyrannical people do. And that's where we are in America. Okay, I'm gonna hit two other topics. The first I wanna quickly mention to you, we still have our summit coming up. It's gonna be, I'm telling you my friends, a humdinger, wonderful summit. And, and I believe we're gonna have a couple, few more of the uh, very special speakers uh, than, we, than we already have lined up. If you have that, Mr. Joe, my happy producer today, yeah. That's a picture of our summit. It's at the top it says, uh, save the date. I'll have to send Joe, send you the new one that says, please join us because tickets are now available on our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. At the top, it says, please join us. The, the, uh, and, and at the website, you'll see the flyer and you can, you can click on it, and we are starting to sell tickets. It's the coolest thing ever. I'm not going to run through every single speaker, uh, but if you look at, at our website, you'll see these are extraordinary, well-informed, serious, substantive speakers speaking about the issues facing America, and I've asked all of them to talk about not just you know how what, what their issue is or expertise is, but why it matters to you and what you can do about it and how to talk to your friends about it, because this is what is needed in this country desperately is the American people recognizing the tyranny that's right
right before their very eyes, because many people don't. There still, sadly, are enough people who are happy Mr. Mean Tweets is not in the White House that they're perfectly willing to accept tyranny, to submit to tyranny, and we are watching the loss of freedom in America. Okay, so sign up for our summit. It's October 15th in Dallas. Tickets are available now, and um, it's, a, you know, it's a Friday night VIP reception for those who... Uh, Purchase at the sponsor level, and then all day Saturday is a packed day. By the way, I just will tell you, um, I um, recently I was at an event, and someone came up to me, and, and I'm just telling you, I get these kind of compliments all the time. It's not about me, but the quality of the summit and the quality of the speaker. She said, I go to CPAC. I go to, uh, I mean, she listed a whole bunch of the very, very top, you know, serious, substantive, and she said, your summit last year was the best thing I've ever been at, and I can't wait to go this year. It was really nice, and I get, I mean, I'm just telling you, it's not a summit where we have slogan-slinging silliness. It's, it's very substantive. Very, it's, it's like this show, serious, substantive, honest, integrity, focused, accurate, and it's about saving America. You'd love to have you come. Hope you will come. All right, so I want to hit the Biden's 30-30 climate tyranny, and I must contrast this. Um, now I will tell you that there was a, um, um, a uh, I've got to find, print out a lot of papers today. All right. Okay, there was a Biden executive order issued very shortly after he uh, he didn't win, after he occupied the White House, after he took occupancy of the White House. And um, it's just it's an executive order, and it's a long order, uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a portion of the order uh, which is called, they use the expression, 30 by 30 land grab. And I want to tell you how tyrannical and outrageous it is. So... In the name of climate change, which we talk about in the show quite a bit, and again, I'm just quick, I'm going to diverge and say, if you did not, if you did not hear the show in which I went over in great detail this filing made with the SEC during a comment period, the SEC was going to have another rule out imposing more ridiculous extreme requirements on companies to make disclosures related to climate change. Um, and uh, so they, they, SEC wants to make a new rule. They asked for comments. There was something submitted by two doctors, two extraordinarily highly qualified, esteemed highly credentialed, years of experience, actual experts. One, Dr. William Happer from Princeton, the other, Dr. Richard Lindzen from MIT. It's a 28-page document. I printed it out. It is, I, I shared portions. The, the, what they said, what they're basically saying is to the SEC, they're supposed to be opining on this proposed rule SEC had. They said, as career physicists, this is their conclusion, really important. As career physicists, science demonstrates there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2. Do you realize that's the entire climate change argument, that CO2 is going to kill us all, that climate change is, is happening. They're saying there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2, thus no scientific basis for the proposed rule. And if adopted, they're talking about the rule, disastrous consequences for people worldwide and the U.S. because it would reduce CO2 and the use of fossil fuels. They're saying there's no reason to be targeting reducing CO2, no reason to be reducing the use of fossil fuels. I understand if you're hearing this the first time, you're thinking, well, who says that anymore? We well, you know something I'm going to tell you. 
There are actually lots of climatologists. They get beaten into submission by the tyranny of the left. They won't speak up, or they do in clustered little circles, but they don't get headlines. They don't get uh, all of the uh, laud and grants and money that the people who are the, the fear mongers, the climate change zealots get. These people who submitted this rule, they are speaking only about it. And, and giving and the, the 28 pages full of graphs and diagrams showing the CO2 levels and the and the planet Earth have been far higher long before mankind was here, long before we had the combustible engine, long before we had cars, planes, or anything like that. CO2 level, levels have been like like five times higher. They're making the point we're getting jacked around by the people who use climate change to take away your freedom. Now moving forward to Biden's 30 by 30 land grab, uh, I want to tell you that within this uh, executive order that Biden signed the first day he came on board, he um, talked about uh, the idea that one way to help with climate change, and again, all the left has to say to get anything they want in any subject, taxes, border policy, uh, you know, anything they want is to say climate change. And, and then everyone goes, oh my gosh, climate change. Okay, tell us where to sign. We have to give up our homes. We have to give up our uh, you know, air conditioning. We have to uh, drive electric cars that are garbage and nobody wants them. We have, well, just tell us what to do. It's the most lunatic, uh, it's the most astonished. It's like a magic trick. It's like mesmerism or hypnotism. Climate change has, the term has come to have that power. So back to Biden. He's saying that the federal government is going to take control of, take ownership of 30% of the land and water in America by the year 2030. That's 30 by 30. 30% of the land and water masses in America, he wants to take over uh, in the name of climate change. Because somehow, I, I don't know if the government owns it, there won't be climate change. I mean, it's just the most ridiculous thing ever. But it's starting. And there's no exemption, no exception there for private land. And I printed up something out today. I was looking up, you know, how much federal land the government uh, owns already, how much of our land or within states the government owns. This is actually amazing, uh, really quickly. In Alaska, for example, the government already owns almost 61% of the entire land mass of Alaska. Arizona, the government owns 386 uh, of the entire uh, state. California, the federal government owns 45.4. And then, uh, anyway, it goes on and on. Getting at the point, the federal government already owns tons of land. But this is not just, contrary to what the left tries to tell you, this is not just an effort. This, in fact, is not at all tied, in my view, to climate change. Climate change is the excuse, and everyone salutes, goes, okay, well, if climate change requires this, then sure, you, know, you take whatever you want. But, and I talk about, as I have been talking about uh, on this show a lot today, we're watching this Marxist, socialist, communist takedown of America, loss of freedom in America. One of the fundamental aspects of freedom is the right to own land, to have the right to be an owner. In fact, it's one of the, one of the uh, American, you know, the, the American dream, American conscience, American identity things, you know, as you want, as you are become an American, that the land of opportunity, you can have your little, your little square of the earth you own, your little home, your little, wherever you live, it's yours. And in fact, as one of the Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum uh, head, has one of the famous quotes he had is that when they're done with a climate change agenda they have, as he, Klaus Schwab, said, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. 
they think America, the world and America will be happy just giving whatever the government says you have to have. So back to what Biden is doing. I am not saying they won't pay people for their land. I do believe they probably are still governed by some uh, law that will require them to give some value if they're really going to try to take land and water uh, that owns to, is owned by individuals or, or farms or corporations, whatever it's owned by. Uh, they're going to have to compensate them, probably not fairly, but have to compensate them. But the whole concept of the government growing in the amount of land it owns is in direct opposition to the idea of private property, private property that is inherent in the idea of freedom. The federal government acquiring more and more land, if climate change were not an issue, if climate change was never even, ever even, no one even heard of it, the idea that the federal government saying, hey, by the way, we're going to seize about 30% of the land mass in America and the water uh, and, and make it part of the federal government, you know, there might be even some loony leftists who say, well, why should you do that? Why can't we own the land? But because they say climate change, everybody surrenders. So by the way, there is an event tonight. Um, it is, no, tomorrow night. Um, it is a woman coming to talk about that. I don't, okay, I thought I had her flyer. She's, yeah, yeah, she's coming to speak tomorrow night at the Texoma Patriots. If you're in the Dallas area, it's the meeting is tomorrow night, Tuesday, July 19th, um, at a First United Methodist Church. It's a group, the Texoma Patriots, uh, the church where this meeting is being held is 301 South Preston Avenue, Benton Hall in Van Alstine, which is way north, almost, um, almost Oklahoma. But anyway, there's a speaker coming, Margaret Byfield, who's the executive director of American Stewards of Liberty. So if you're in the North Texas area, uh, you ought to try going to that. It's a, because um, she's going to explain how they're going to do this and, and how it's so offensive to the concept of America and freedom and private property. Um, before I get to my last topic, I also want to mention uh, three things. One is, if you enjoy this show and you learn from this show, I would appreciate you consider supporting it. My website is americacanwetalk.org. If you can believe this, this is a listener-supported show. Listener-supported show. If you go to that website, you can uh, you can make you can join for a mere fifty dollars a year, five oh fifty dollars a year. It's practically free. You see members across the top of the homepage and hit join. And you can join. Number two is you can make a donation, and I have had uh, a few donors be very generous. I appreciate that. If you're able to support this show, you know, I dedicate my life to speaking up for America, and I'm not complaining. I feel blessed I have the opportunity to do this. I mean, blessed beyond words. I have the opportunity, the capacity to do this, but I would appreciate your support. It's how shows like this exist. And the other two ways I do have some small amount of income coming to this show, and I would love if you would help and support this, is that there are two different products which I so hope you will consider um, looking at and purchasing. One is if you go to MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com is a, a company started by Mike Lindell. And at MyPillow.com, I'm telling you, they have products. They have really high quality, very reliable, great products. My husband and I have purchased many of them. And when you go to MyPillow.com, you can buy a whole host of things, bathrobes, slippers, uh, sheets, towels, 
uh, I mean pillows, lots of pillows. Um, and when you check out at the end, there's a promo code. They ask you for, to put in a promo code. Put in Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, Debbie G. Um, I, you get up to 66% off on what you purchase, and I get a small payment from them. Helps keep the show rocking and rolling. The other product we have is called H2Bev. The drink is actually called HydroShot. It's a drink. HydroShot comes in small seven or eight ounce cans. You can only get that, get it online. Cannot buy it in the store. It is hydrogen, is nitric oxide infused. It is a truly amazing product. I, I began drinking it on the advice of a doctor friend when I had not been feeling well. And I, you know, I, I got over the flu and I still felt kind of weak and lazy. He said, get HydroShot. I drink one every morning. It is truly a, uh, a product unavailable elsewhere. And the process by which they infuse nitric oxide is hard. It's, it, when you, I drink one can in the morning, I have more energy, more focus, and, it, and they, that's the way they tout it as they sell it. It increases focus and alertness and energy. Great product. Again, go to h2bev.com, h, the numeral two, bevbev.com. And again, the promo code at Debbie G and and you order it there, it comes right to your door. You'll love it. I love it. And I, again, you get 10% off and I get uh, also a small payment from them. So those two ways are ways to support this show. Okay. My last topic for today, which I, was a very, well, they're all very important, but I, I called this the feckless Pence endorses against. You know, leaving Mike Pence aside for a moment, just leaving him aside for a moment, every time I am... And I go to, my husband and I go to many political events. We meet many elected officials, many candidates. We're very, very involved. I, and, and, you know, people have litmus tests. Even with just friends you meet, you have litmus tests. I mean, what is this person? Why are they in politics? Do you have a sense they're in politics because, you know, someone just suggested one day and it sounded fun? Are they in politics because they believe in the values of their state or their country? Um, are, they, are they in it to make money? Are they in it because they have, you know, a big ego and they like to be surrounded with adulation? What is driving this person is a huge, huge question to me. And the also litmus testing is what's driving them? What's my, you know, my gut reaction to them? And then secondly, is where do they stand on the issues that matter? I want to know where they stand on the issues that matter. We can have you know, some differentiation, some difference in opinion about you know, tax rates on corporations, how fast the speed limit should be, um, you know, whether or not or how much government should subsidize solar, wind or so solar and wind power or something. You can have policy differences, but there's some issues or core issues and they matter. One is when I hear elected officials say, I don't really think there was outcome-changing election fraud. I mean, yeah, there's election fraud every time. They either are happy that they are in office and got there because of the uh, fraud in the system, and, and so they know about it and they don't care, or they're just doing the, you know, cover my ears, cover my eyes, you know, cover my mouth, don't listen, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, I don't want to know about it. Because the evidence is overwhelming out there. And the people who say, I don't know a thing about it, I don't know, I think it's true, uh, you know, I, I, they either benefited from it and they're not willing to speak up, or they are people who are just oblivious and, and don't want to know. Just don't tell me this, I, I don't want to go there. There are also people who know perfectly well how bad it is. Uh, how bad the election fraud is and what has to happen, uh, but they cannot stand up to the mockery mob. The mockery mob that just decides, can, you know, that someone looks around the way they're treated on Twitter and other places, and they say, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to take the arrows. I refuse. 
And so there are politicians and activists in the political parties who just don't want to take the arrows of the left. They don't want to take the mockery mob, the Twitter mob, the, the, the maliciousness of the anti-American left, the viciousness of the left. They don't want to be the subject of it, so they won't say what they really think. They won't stand up. We don't have time in this country for those kind of people, which includes Mike Pence. Now, Mike Pence, I will give him this much of, you know, shadow of a doubt that maybe on January 6th, he did not realize uh, what um, had occurred. He may really have thought, well, I guess, you know, maybe the people voted for Biden after all. I think that's amazing, but he might have really thought that. But since that time, the amount of evidence, the amount of information, that not just 2,000 mules, but the proof of electronic election fraud, the massive proof going on in the state after state, what they've uncovered in Wisconsin, you have to be determined to ignore it in order to keep saying, I don't think there was election changing, uh, outcome changing election fraud. So back to Mike Pence, who has never been my favorite um, politician because because he's not strong. He's not strong. He wavers when uh, you know someone pushes and says, well, you shouldn't say that. He, he, he doesn't have that core spinal strength. So in Arizona, where they're going to have a huge election for governor, we have Carrie Lake, a fabulous gubernatorial candidate, uh, been on the show a couple times, uh, just a fabulous candidate, endorsed by Trump, and, and she's way ahead in the polls, and she's very openly saying, of course the election of 2020 was stolen, of course no, I'm government, we're going to try to fix it. So there's somebody else running, and this shows you, I don't know the person's name, Arizona gubernatorial candidate Karen Taylor Robeson, a developer, long involved in Republican politics. So this is the anti, so you got Carrie Lake, who's going to expose election fraud, Trump endorses her. Mike Pence goes out to endorse the person who's 20 points behind who isn't going to do anything about election fraud. And this is when I say Mike, Porce, Mike Pence is not endorsing for her. It's just against Trump. It's not because, and I do not know Mike Pence, and I have no other basis than my gut feel about this, Mike Pence finds it preferable to endorse someone who won't stir up the waterworks, who won't stir up the, uh, the anti-American um, media mockery mob, who will just be a you know complacent uh, Republican candidate with no fire, no message, and no willingness to fight. That's who Mike Pence chooses to endorse uh, in Arizona. And so he's really just, and in fact, I think it's this Friday, Pence and Trump are both going to be in Arizona uh, pushing their candidates. I mean, I'm going to guess that Carrie Lake, absent massive fraud, is going to win um, and end up being uh, not only the Republican candidate, but she's going to be the governor there, uh, in which case, you know, the left is very, very concerned. But I just, you know, I, I don't have a lot of respect um, for Mike Pence because I feel like even if he didn't figure out by January 6th, which is not impressive, didn't figure out by January 6th what happened, by now he has to have realized that the election was stolen, unless he's just sticking his head in the sand and saying, I, I don't want to hear about it, which is really unimpressive and actually very dangerous for America. I close this show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today, the very beginning of it, uh, America has reached no compromise zone. The no compromise list of issues is growing. Gender transitioning children, open borders, voter ID, hollowing out the military, I didn't even get to that one today, defunding police, decriminalizing everything through leftist DAs, climate change, absolute control of your life, vaccine mandates, middle ground, room for compromise is disappearing. Politicians in the 1850s tried to kick the can down the road with compromise for half free, half slave expansion territories. 
could not be sustained because, because, because slavery is not compromisable. Extremely tough decisions are ahead for the American people. And the vicious left exposed Bannon versus Holder. Obama's AG Holder held in contempt of Congress in 2012. Refused to supply information for a federal gun running operation known as Fast and Furious. Never even an inch of congressional or DOJ movement toward prosecution of Eric Holder. January 6th related show trial of Steve Bannon launched in D.C. today. Zero chance of any conservative Trump supporter getting a fair jury trial in Washington, D.C. Yet a 69-year-old grandmother with cancer just ordered to jail for a trivial January 6th offense. Executive privilege asserted by Bannon and now waived by Trump is a bit of a wild card. Larger reality, January 6th Inquisition Committee is on a scorched earth mission to disqualify Trump from ever holding office and to criminalize support of Trump. This is the uniparty determination to maintain, maintain control at all costs. Americans must take back their country beginning in November of, 20, of 22 of this year. Biden executive order purports to commit the federal government to acquire 30% of America's land and water resources by 2030, all in the name of fighting climate change. There is no government action, no matter how tyrannical and totalitarian, the left cannot justify in the name of fighting climate change. This is why it is imperative for real scientists with real integrity to stand up and speak out. Two eminent emeritus professors pointed the way with their SEC submission, as they said. As career physicists, science demonstrates there is no climate-related risk caused by fossil fuels and CO2. Where is the proof that these professors are wrong? And finally, the feckless Pence endorses against, against. Mike Pence stuck in a time warp, forever believing the only issue that matters is whether he did the right thing on January 6th and 7th in relation to what was known at that time. He is dead wrong. What matters is what he knows now and how he acts upon what he knows now. Carrie Lake is the root-out election fraud crusader in the GOP primary for Arizona governor. Lake is way ahead in the GOP primary polls. By endorsing Lake's opponent, Pence has gone full uniparty, full anti-Trump, and is in full denial of overwhelming election fraud evidence developed since January 6. Pence has no political future if elections are not rigged. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday. By the way, tomorrow on this show, we have Wade Miller joining us via Skype. And he's going to talk about two really important issues, the NDAA funding bill that is essentially going to allow the military to remove soldiers who are not vaccinated, um, and also the feckless nature of Texas Governor Abbott's uh, big executive border rela uh, order relating to the border, uh, not what you think it is. So again, thank you for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do the show because I love America and because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you